0: Welcome to Adventist Voices, Spectrum's podcast. I'm Alexander Carpenter, and I'm honored to be joined by Bonnie Dwyer, editor of Spectrum. Thanks for talking with all of us today.
1: Hi, Alex. Always fun to talk with you.
0: Uh, Thank you. I enjoy talking with you. And you and I have been spending a lot of time uh, on the East Coast around Silver Spring, attending the annual council meetings, which is the um, yearly meeting of the global executive committee of the general conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I am curious to hear your general thoughts now that we're on the last day of four days sitting and listening to leadership talk.
1: Well, it's always informative. Uh, There are a lot of reports. So one knows now that tithe is up, offerings are up. uh, They're feeling pretty good about where things are financially. Uh, We also learn about plans for general conference session. In fact, this particular meeting done in hybrid fashion, where only about Uh, 70 members of the executive committee were at the GC building witnessing it in person, and everybody else was on Zoom. And so this combination of in-person and Zoom was part of uh, the trial for general conference, which will be the same way. And this was really a complicated meeting to put together. They had they were doing it in five different languages. So there were five different Zoom rooms, and they had had coordinators in all of those languages and translators. And they showed pictures of the setup inside the building, because we didn't get to go inside the building. Uh, they... COVID restrictions weren't allowing any visitors, but uh, the whole in, um, section that used to be the library of the GC was kind of taken over with all the monitors and screens and, and all of that that they needed to be able to coordinate this meeting. And I think they did a great job. I think they pulled it off very well.
0: Yeah, the technology seemed to work uh, almost flawlessly, and it was really interesting to see the videos that had been prepared ahead of time. Although, I, one of my takeaways is there's just a proliferation of video reports that aren't that informative. They sound more like advertisements, like this is their one time a year to let everyone know what uh, Vivid Faith does in the GC. Spoiler alert, it's like uh, monster.com or Indeed, a kind of job and volunteer uh, position posting that people can uh, you know, apply for uh, and go to uh, job or service opportunities around the world. But um, they can be a little tedious, and I wonder if there's a better way of communicating what people do and, and how they've been doing since the last meeting. Well, um,
1: yeah. uh, Just uh, (laughs) uh, so you know, um, it's been a lot better at this meeting than at previous meetings because they have shrunk the time, the amount of time that they have. So rather than running from seven in the morning until six in the evening with, you know, a, a break at noon for lunch, they've been running from eight to one. Uh and uh that has helped significantly in um the amount of time given to all of these various things. Uh so
0: you're I, saying it, keep hope alive, things things are better than they used to be, and maybe they'll uh get even better down the road.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think the video is getting better, you know. Um the um professionalism within the communication side of the church continues to grow and and it shows in in the stuff that they're putting together and And so there's, you know that I think they do some effective things. and the um, it is important in a large organization to keep people informed so that they know what other people are doing and what's going on. So, you know, this morning, the um they introduced the pastor who attorney who is the new director of Avenus Risk Management. Well, that that's an important person um for everybody around the world because sooner or later all of them are going to be in touch with them. And then we get stories. I take it North Nigerian Union may be in touch sooner rather than later, because we were hearing stories that in the last Two weeks they've had two villages of uh that were kind of avenous compounds set on fire, and and uh all of the houses burned down, and all of the people uh now without homes. Only one person lost their life. But how devastating to have such um disaster that one has to deal with. Um,
0: yeah. So I appreciated both of those were not videos. Those were in-person experiences. And I were watching through um, a portal um, in this hybrid event. uh, uh, It's nice to kind of see those, hear those reports in a sort of first person uh, manner. And it's a great reminder of the sort of global nature. um, I shouldn't say sort of the global nature of the Seventh-day Adventist church. And the fact that, you know, uh, less than five percent of Adventists are in North America in the North American division, and so so much of what's being talked about, um, well the leaders are in North America, in fact, uh, most of the people being affected by the decision making is spread around the world. Um, talking about decision making, what were some of the interesting um, motions that were voted on for you? You've been reporting and uh, posting your reports on the Spectrum website. So folks can go to those and read uh, several, uh, three right now, reports that you have up there. Um, so what's what's been important to your journalistic eye?
1: It's funny. Um, things always um you know what? Whatever community you're coming from, that ends up being, I think, uh, what you feel is most significant. Yesterday they were doing uh, the policy agenda, and usually the policy agenda, as um, the Undersecretary Hensley Morovin would tell you, can seem quite boring. And he was doing his utmost to make it not boring and uh, to make it fun. He was, he was doing it in quiz form and everything. But um, one of the items on that agenda was taking um, what used to be a like two sentence um, part of the working policy about how boards for Adams colleges and universities should be constructed. And uh, it blowing it up into like two and a half pages of specifications of what those boards are supposed to be like and how they're supposed to include union and conference officials. And um, this was the one item that actually somebody stood up and wanted to talk about. Uh, Most of the other voted items just, kind of get passed a very in a very rote manner. And so when they um, you know, kick into election buddy to vote on things, it's usually 180 to zero or 179 to one, something like that. So votes are are tend to be very lopsided. But this particular item um there were several people who went to the microphone and, and were wanting to make things even more specific. I mean, it wasn't enough to be saying that these leaders should, uh, um, yeah, I think it was, should be on these boards. It was, they were wanting, it required that, um, the union president be the leader of the board, and that conference of presidents had to be on these boards. And it wasn't enough to be saying that the boards were to oversee um, Avanist identity and uh, ethos at these institutions. We had to say, Enforcing Fundamental Beliefs, and they took that language uh, from the people who were commenting back to the committee, went ahead and voted policy uh, rather than totally referring the whole item back. Um, So it down the line will be interesting to look up that policy and see how it really turns out.
0: Yes, I think you're pointing us to a really important, um, probably the hottest issue here, um, although not directly on the agenda, is about the um, uh, concerns that fundamentalists have about um, Adventist education and their feeling that talking about everything from creation and evolution to uh, how we use history and critical approaches to the Bible, and even critical thinking itself all need to be uh, submitted to um, church uh, doctrine. Is that kind of your takeaway?
1: Yes. The um, In the past uh, few years, um, The concerns, particularly of Elder Wilson, have been expressed in the form of um, suggesting that we have compliance committees that oversee all of these things. There was nothing on compliance committees on the agenda uh, other than compliance on uh, fiscal. Uh, There was stuff on fiscal policy that. showed up, but no um, policy compliance committees. And I've heard so, you know, on the rumor side of it, I heard that there were documents drafted that did not make it through the committee process. Uh, Other people said, no, you know, this, this is not good. So instead, on two days, we had really long discussions. The first day, we spent two hours um, in prayer and discussion, um, asking for the Holy Spirit to be present for the um, general conference session. So, so there were were stories and prayers and testimonies and and um, is a very different kind of thing than one expects and normally sees at a business meeting of an organization. Uh, but I think maybe a lot of people like that feel like the church needs um, that. And certainly the church does need to be, you know, have prayer be central to what is going on. It So, boy, did we get uh, a a good dose of all of that. And then, forget exactly which day, they all start running together. I think it was (laughs) uh, Monday. (laughs) There was another two-hour presentation, and this presentation was about um, 10 theological issues that Elder Wilson sees facing the church, and he said that he personally created a small group of Mike Ryan and Arthur Stelly and Mark Finley to come up with a list of the theological issues and then to uh, do a presentation on them. And originally, it was scheduled just for the group of all the presidents, all the presidents of all the divisions, kind of the president's council is how it's referred to. Well, the... Presentation in particular by Elder Stelly about hermeneutics, uh, what he called new hermeneutics, was um, very frightening uh, and disturbing to Elder Wilson, so he wanted it brought to the whole group. So we had two hours of presentation on theological challenges to the church.
0: Let me jump in there and just say that uh, the the kind of summary of it was he mentioned uh, the historical critical method, which anyone who's thought about uh, hermeneutics in Adventism since the 80s should be familiar with. The preferred method for um, Elder Ted Wilson is the historical grammatical method, um, sort of pioneered by Gerhard Hausel in the 80s at the seminary. And uh, the other thing that Vice President Stelle brought out was uh, too much structuralism, or focus on structuralism, like uh, the chiastic structure, which is popular among some Adventist theologians. Um, it felt like um, it was uh, not; it, it didn't address the variety of interpretive possibilities that people bring to their approach to understanding the Bible. So it. Uh, for a presentation on something that so many Adventists take seriously, it didn't feel like it really drew upon the incredible theological and and um, uh, tradition that that Adventism has and the wider Christian tradition has at all.
1: Yeah. There was a conflating of multiple kinds of hermeneutics under this label new hermeneutics. what, He was distressed about uh, in particular, and I think what people responded to in his presentation, he was talking what I uh, tend to think of as reader response theory, uh, where the locus of uh, the understanding and and interpretation, you're acknowledging what the reader brings to the uh, interpretation when. They go to the text and realizing that all of us bring something very specific to our personal readings of text. Well, he was saying that that made it self-centered rather than God-centered reading. And he kind of really emphasized that self-centeredness, which people were um, thinking wasn't good. I, there were questions that, you know, EGT jumped in and said, how pervasive is this? Is this being taught in our schools? And there was no attempt to try and document why these issues were issues or where they were coming from. It just was, here's our hit list of all yeah. of these issues. And Spe- yeah, so. speaking
0: of hit list, let me just run through it really quickly. Uh it's there on your uh, second day report for folks who'd like to uh read along. The Authority of Scriptures number 1 Adventist Identity, prophetic interpretation, creation and evolution, number 5 Jesus and doctrine, number 6 got a lot of attention on Twitter. Folks felt like the language that Elder Wilson has been using Here um, is, um, let's just say problematic. Moral issues, deviating from scripture. Is it loving or unkind to take a stand against moral issues such as divorce, cohabitation, and LGBTQ plus? Number seven, Advent fatigue from the delay in Christ's coming. Eight, sanctuary doctrine and pre-Advent judgment. Then Ellen G. White and divine inspiration. And then number 10, the re-imaging of Adventism, should we shift from being biblically based to addressing the perceived needs of seekers? So that's TEDS10. So in addition to that, um, you've been paying attention to some of the uh, other issues that have been brought up, um, you know, the international... Uh, The IBM TE, the, what is it, International Biblical?
1: Board of Ministerial and Theological Education.
0: Thank you. Yes, that's back in the news. What's going on there?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, as we went through this list of 10 theological issues, then, of course, the question becomes, what is being taught theologically? And so uh, Lisa Beersley Hardy, the head of the Department of Education, came to the microphone and was saying that IBM TE is addressing these issues and that it is meeting in in the various divisions. And uh, it was kind of, you know. Rest assured, we are paying attention in our schools to what is going on and and trying to be sure that our schools are presenting the fundamental beliefs and and so forth. The interesting comment that I believe it was Ed Zinke made in his um, time at the MIC to get towards biblical uh the biblical basis of things. And so his comment was we want our schools to teach our children to think biblically not critically.
0: So yes, was- and, and the larger context for that is he was talking about uh, I think the only person who raised this but critical race theory and then critical approaches to scripture. and then he said this quote that I think is quite shocking um because we kind of want both, right? We want people to think biblically and critically critically about themselves and the Bible and and it doesn't mean criticize. it means to use reason and logic, experience to uh, understand our world in a holistic way. yeah um, okay. You know, one thing that I've enjoyed while you and I have been here in Silver Spring is our time away from the General Conference, virtually and physically. Um, and I was just thinking about the nice Sabbath that we had, where we listened to uh, Faith and Reason Sabbath School, listened to a former church leader at the high level talk about his own um, experience now being in a local church. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically now that he is spending time in a local church, he feels like, the as he said, um, the load of church structure is too heavy and that real mission happens um, among the people in a community. So I thought that was a beautiful moment. And the other thing that I Enjoyed is you and I went to church at Sligo Church, and we got to see a new pastor preach his first sermon, Alex Beriantos, who's a graduate of Washington Adventist University, Andrews Seminary, and is at Aberdeen University in Scotland studying theology and ethics. And he's a 35 year old, the new senior pastor of one of the storied pulpits. In Adventism. How did you feel about that experience?
1: I enjoyed Sabbath a lot. Um, it was a, a really um, nice day. Uh, it was in, an encouraging day uh, of really rejoicing within the community. I enjoyed that Sabbath school, which is Uh, a regular Zoom Sabbath school that has taken on a life of its own and and has brought people together from across the um, country and and even around the world because there are Europeans who join in on a regular basis and have found community on Zoom. And um, it was wonderful to be back at a church that I went to when I was in high school and uh, to see it rejoicing in this uh, new pastor and his family, A just beautiful uh, family I, I love the little girl who <laughs> was having a hard time being up front uh, during <laughs> a long a very long prayer um but that just you know it that makes uh it um, just so more. Puts heart into all of it. And then we had, we met friends um, who were also visiting in the area from the West Coast and enjoyed a a nice Sabbath meal together. So a real day of high uh, Sabbath uh, events. So very nice.
0: Well, thank you so much for uh, talking with uh, me and uh, the whole Spectrum community today. Thanks for all the hard re- work you've been doing reporting. I can, I know that Bonnie has stayed up past her bedtime, working <laughs> and reworking sentences, trying to get things just right with her very gracious spirit. So thank you uh, for all that you've been doing to keep us informed and, uh, and connected.
1: Well, thanks for all your work on Twitter, because I think an awful lot of people, that's where they're, they've been watching this whole thing. So
0: It's been really fun.
1: Yes, it has. Thanks, Alex.
0: Yes, I knew Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom
1: is alive. The kingdom's on the moon
0: and the hungry and the lonely I'll never forget it